Explore the weaponization of rap lyrics in the criminal justice system in the new documentary, As We Speak, Rap Music on Trial. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. Morning. Morning. Good morning, Father. <laughs> With the three turnovers, does that feel like the most kind of the next step in the defense for what you wanted to see on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I would challenge the guys every day to take the ball away. And I think, you know, it's one of those things contagious. Um, you know, we've done a great job with it through the, the first couple of games, and now guys want more and more and more. And, and uh, obviously, changes the dynamic of the game really quickly. We can, you know, either score ourselves or put the offense in scoring position. And I think our guys fully grasp that. And, you know, like I said, one guy makes a play, and then all of a sudden you got, you know, multiple guys making plays out there. So it's, it's exciting for our guys. In the fourth quarter, you've got a lot of your backups and reserves, and a lot of guys got early playing time. Um, any of those guys really jump out at you? Uh, you know, so I, I think there's certainly some struggles there. I mean, those guys, uh, you know, uh, obviously, if you'd asked me if I was expecting for us, you know, for the basically the fourth week in a row to, you know, have our have our you know basically top two groups shut down. Uh, going in the fourth quarter that, you know, those guys are out there. They, 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 don't t- they don't get hardly any reps during the week. You know, the thing I'd ask out of those guys is just, you know, we, when we strip the call sheet down, you know, late in the game is just go play fast and play really hard. Um, you know, I think there's, you know, certainly some guys that, that, that are showing up. I think Jay Green did a great job for us at the end of the game uh, coming in. And, and um, you know, there's some other guys, you know, linebackers, you know, some of the young linebackers getting some opportunities in there that are doing a good job for us as well. People always talk about that, you know, the whole turnovers are contagious, and but it's hard to pinpoint how to how to actually force that, you know, your hand with that. Where last year you guys had a hard time getting them, this year they're rolling. Can you pinpoint what it is about this group that has allowed them to? Guys playing fast. I mean, it, when you when you get a jump on the ball and guys are playing fast and confident, I think that's the thing that I see over and over here early in the season is guys ultimately have confidence and. You know what the call. You know where they're going. What the communication point's going to be between themselves on the field. Um, you know, and then we're we're getting the quarterback off his spot a lot, making him throw off his back foot, and then guys are playing fast. Are you seeing anything different in Elijah Jackson from week one to? Absolutely. I think he's probably had. If I had to pinpoint one guy that I think's grown. Um, between week one and week four, uh, it's EJ. You know, I think, uh, you, know, uh, you know, a few mistakes early on. And then you see, you know, I mean, Cal came right out the rip and they tested him multiple times. He was on point with his tackling and space and getting guys on the ground. And I think, you know, when you put down film, you know that, you're, you know that it's coming and you know that you're, you're going to get tested. And I think he's responded really well to the challenges of being out there because people are always going to look for, you know, which guy they can attack. What are you seeing from Nunley? It's safe. Yeah, Vince has done a good job, you know, obviously just getting back into the flow of things after, you know, being out last season and then coming back, working into the rotation, obviously with a couple injury issues, you know, we've called upon him and, and he's got great football IQ. Um, he's a good communicator. Uh, he's lining up in the right spot. And, you know, there's confidence in guys like him and, and Mikel Estine that have been in the program for a while and that this is their third year and now it's time to be on the field. So, you know, proud of those guys for their constant preparation. It's hard to pinpoint sometimes what, what a hurry is, but you guys were credited for 22 hurries in this past game and didn't have a sack, which is a huge discrepancy. But right. what, do you, what can you do just to be able to finish on some of those plays, do you think? 
Yeah, well, I think, yeah, I think, you know, making sure that, that uh, you know, we're perfect on whether it's the stunt, the blister, the blitz, or the twist execution. Uh, just make sure we're striving for perfection on our angles. Um, and obviously, things break down in the pocket. We get some crazy things happening. But then there's another subset of how you want to attack once the pocket does break down. And, you know, for us, that's a, that's a theme for the entire fall coming up here. We know we've got a multitude of running quarterbacks that we're going to deal with. And, you know, it's being able to finish high side shoulder and, and get them on the ground. Um, you know, in, in the same respect, I look at it as like, okay, when are some of the opportunities for us to take the ball away are coming? It's when guys are absolutely do not want to get touched or hit and they're throwing it out there and our guys are coming down with it on the other side. So I think it's a great combination. And of course, you want to pile up the stats and the sack realm of things. But, you know, at the rate that we're taking the ball away right now, that's that's a just as much, if not more more of a positive. Coach, I don't know if the film shows what I saw down on the sidelines, but number one, Braylon Trice is getting a lot of attention uh, by the opposition, and you're not getting a lot of calls. Uh, is there anything? Yeah, <laughs> I'll leave that on Coach DeBoer. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things. I think it's 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 tough. He is he is giving he strains at an elite level um and i think it's tough sometimes it's a game of football though you got to bounce back you got to go to the next play no matter how we feel about you know what they're you know quote unquote doing to him uh but at the same standpoint i think that's the great thing about braylon it's just a relentless attitude and if you see him line up on play one or you see him line up on play 30 it's the same guy coming at you every single time so just encouraging him to continue to be relentless because he, ha he is having a major major impact are you seeing the same thing as i am he's not getting a lot of calls i'll i'll pass man so <laughs> i will pass dom obviously had one of those interceptions yeah big hit in the game are, are, are you getting out of him what you'd hope confident yeah I'm I think I think he'd be another one I'd pinpoint since his growth from last season I, I'd go all the way back to last season obviously a big positional change for him you know there's a big difference be, between playing uh, nickel and the boundary safety uh, for us and just his his attention to detail his communication level the speed at which he's playing I mean he's involved he's been involved heavily in our game plan he's involved at the point of attack um, you know really excited for some of these guys first you know first career interception you know those things are starting to come to him because of what I mentioned earlier he's playing really fast right now and I think he's uh, very very pleased you know you know game one through four what his growth has been but his growth since last season's been through the roof for us how much how's, how's Asa doing good Played Saturday? Uh, TBD. There was a play, I think it was the second drive, where Carson drove Finley to, into your bench. Right. It looked clean to me, but I saw Coach Inge kind of getting on him a little bit in the sideline there. Uh, did that seem like kind of like I'm not. I think Coach Inge is congratulating him. I don't think he's getting <laughs> on him. So, no, man, our guys play through the echo of the whistle. I mean, you challenge guys. I mean, if guys are still in bounds, you've got to do it legally. You know, and there's there's that, that standpoint of being very physical, very, very aggressive, but then just knowing where the boundary's at. You know, and, and I look on the season right now, it's not we're, – we're not getting flagged for a lot of late hits or anything like that. So that shows that our guys are, are doing it within the confines of the rules. Looking at Arizona, what do you think the biggest challenge is when it comes to just containing that? Uh, just speed at multiple positions. You know, I think they're dynamic across the board. I think they've got a number of guys that, you know, receiving core, running back core, a lot of depth, uh, and obviously athletic quarterback play again. And that's this is going to be kind of the kickoff of what we're going to see consistently throughout the course of the season. How much confidence does it give you when 
you know, you've got a player like uh, Jabbar just playing at such a consistent level on one side of the field. Yeah, that, that's great. I mean, I think it's, you know, when you look at through the lens of, of um, just play calling and things like that, and when you know you have a, a lot of confidence in a guy, um, you know, especially when those guys get so isolated all the time. You look at Saturday and and you look at the splits and the spacing on the field from Cal and they're oversplitting their guys all the time. Well, there's not a lot of ways. I mean, that's you know, no matter how you cook it, there's going to be a lot of one-on-ones out there. And, uh, you know, Jabbar is just super confident being by himself. And I think that just allows us to, you know, do some things schematically to, to change some pictures on some people when, when we're really confident in what he's doing on the field. When you guys went after him in the portal, was this – I mean, he, did, he was a proven player. He did it last year, too, at Oklahoma State. Was this the kind of production that you kind of envisioned? Absolutely. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I, and I think it goes back to not, not only is he just a fantastic – you know, physical attributes as a player, um, but just veteran. I mean, the dude is, they, the, the, he has a lot of confidence. He knows our scheme inside and out. It's like he's been here the whole time. Um, he's a leader for us. So you're getting a lot of the, not only getting the performance from his his abilities, but you're getting the intangibles from the leadership standpoint as well. And I think that's just, that that has extreme value to me. Like, <clears throat> Taylor, I think, played for the first time this season. Like, yep. How did he hold up? Fine. Yeah, we're just getting him back rolling. You know, limited snap, you know, limited pitch count right away. But, you know, getting him back in the mix. And, and uh, like I said, super confident that he'll get – we'll hopefully be able to amp his, his rep total up here. Does ETF have a next level? It seems like he's getting off the snap almost right at the exact same time. Well, sometimes too well. Right. I mean, so, um, yeah, yeah, I think he I think he is playing with a lot of confidence. And I think that's one of those things when you come out and, and you know, every season is new. And then all of a sudden you make that first sack or you make that first play again, even though it's a new season and you've done it, you know, dozens of times before. I think it lights a fire. And, you know, I think he's certainly uh, playing with a lot of confidence and, and being able to win off the edge and going up against some of the guys that he's gone up against so far. He's doing a great job of anticipation and, and creating some chaos in the pocket. You got some of the freshmen in. Um, any of those guys other than um, Devin Bryant has uh, burned his red shirt? Any of the other guys that you would anticipate burning the red shirt? How many times are we going to continue to be up by 40? I don't know. So, I mean, <laughs> I mean, uh, um, yeah, we're always evaluating those guys, you know, and I think those guys got to be opportune and have to be prepared. And, you know, there's guys we haven't put on the field yet that I know if we needed to put them on the field, there's some young guys that we could certainly put out there that we haven't yet. Um, but at the same standpoint, you know, I think, you know, just great communication with the guys um, and this is the expectation and this is what we need out of you. And and I think it's the the key thing is just continuing to communicate in terms of whether we end up eventually redshirting. You know, the rule change allowed a little bit of flexibility this year with giving those guys. Uh, the extra game in terms of postseason. Um, and so we, it gives us a little more room early on. At times, you know, I think last year you're sitting, you're holding, holding uh, you know, uh, guys' red shirt, their, their fourth game for the bowl game. Well, now that's out of the equation, so you can be a little more aggressive playing some guys early. Dixon went 95 yards with an interception, but he had a penalty called on him. Right. I didn't see the replay, but uh, was it pretty obvious to cancel? Out? Yeah, I mean, man, it's an unfortunate play. I don't, I don't. It, did it? What did it impact of what the outcome of the play was going to be? No, uh, you know, went to jam. Uh, went to to jam the receiver and then caught his hands. His hands caught a little high and, and then, you know, I think he caught his you know his little finger. Kind of popped the face mask a little bit. It was going to change that. It was unfortunate because it changed the outcome, a drastic outcome in that whole situation. But you know, he did get his hands up, and that's one thing we've definitely talked to him about. Him and just when you're targeting on receivers, uh, in terms of your hand placement, we got to make sure that our our hand placement's in the right spot. 
Good, Coach. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Thanks, Coach. How we doing? Good morning. By the way, everybody, did you run a read zone play up 40 with Mike in the third quarter? No, I ran speed option, to be exact, <laughs> softy. <laughs> and he's supposed to pitch it. He was supposed to pitch it? Well, Roger Rosengarten didn't get the edge sealed up, so Mike kind of had to do what he had to do. But, yeah, he knows how to protect himself. He's a big guy. How, ple how pleased with, were you with uh, your first play from scrimmage was – 19-yard run, I believe, where you have Kalepo pulling and you have yep. a couple crushing blocks. Quinn Moore had one. Just, just how much did that make you smile seeing the execution? Given yeah. the issues you've had with the run, it was it was good. Um, I thought the guys we worked really hard during the week at trying to get the run game kind of restarted, initiated some, you know, power schemes and things like that. And just seeing the guys get off the ball and execute from under center like that just set the tone for the game. It was great. What do you do up, up in the booth when? You've got a pick six, you've got a punt return touchdown, and it, it takes that long before the offense gets on the field. Oh, my gosh. That was, uh, that was first of all, it was awesome. You know, 14 nothing, and we hadn't touched the ball. And then, obviously, uh, they score, and we still hadn't touched the ball. So you just kind of keep reviewing your openers and thinking about, you know, possessions at that point, how, you know, anything's going to change. And at that point, really, it, it hadn't. If anything, just allowed you to be more aggressive. Uh, Dylan Johnson's touchdown, you had three tight ends all in on the play. Yep. Is that something that you've done much of or, or just what, what you yeah. think about that? Um, that's, a, that's a base goal line uh, formation for us. We ran it this year earlier when Germ um, caught a bounce pass in the flat there. Uh, you know, that's one of our inside the five packages where I have those three guys and one of our receivers, whether it's Rome or uh, or Jeremy in there. So it's it's a good formation. There's some flexibility in it and allows us to get downhill on people. After Dom's pick, um, you guys had to settle for three. Kind of felt like Mike had some outlets open and was going for the home run ball almost that entire drive. Did you kind of sense that? And are, are you okay with that? Yeah, you know, he got stuck on one read. And, and uh, you know, live, actually, I thought his, his third down play looked pretty simple. Going back and watching it, there was definitely some conflicting information for him on the progression. So I can see how he got stuck on it, had to push the ball wide out of bounds. So um, thought we had a coverage that had a good look for that third down play. and uh, But they did a good job of kind of melting one of their corners. And so it just got a little bit fuzzy for Mike on that one, unfortunately. Which touchdown do you think was more impressive? Jalen going up and over a guy uh, or Rome at the end of the half there? Oh, wow. That's... <laughs> That's a 1A, 1A question right there. They were, you know, I just think the physicality that JP had, you know, to tear that ball, you know, off that guy's helmet shows <coughs> what we see every day, you know, and that's how JP practices, really physical, strong hands, uh, you know, demands that kind of practice out of himself. And he looks the same every single day. So that was exciting, but just the, you know, for Rome, the one before half, you know, the type of concentration and ball location skills that that takes to locate a ball traveling that far and flip himself around and get his eyes set on that was it was one of the best catches I've ever seen. Where did his game just kind of overall with the punt return thrown in there kind of sit with you on the best games he's had since he's been here? I think as far as a complete game, yeah, it was. I mean, just seeing him step up and how many tackles he broke, you know, you look at the punt return, which was phenomenal, and then the short screen he catches, he breaks two tackles to get in on that, and then he obviously you know, runs deep routes and making big plays down the field on vertical concepts. So just seeing them, you know, people kind of opening their eyes a little bit to you know, how wide 
Rome's game really is, you know, and how many different things he can do that he's not just an X receiver that runs posts down the field. You know, he's a, he's a really talented kid. McMillan and Rome get a lot of attention. And uh, Jalen Polk, I don't know if you want to call it flying under the radar, but he's having a hell of a year. Um, he looks like a different guy where he's really elevated his game. Number one, what do you attribute that jump to? And when the NFL scouts come through, I know they talk about, uh, you know, the other two guys, but are they paying attention to Jalen? Well, I think, first of all, I think, you know, JP's progression as a player is what every coach wants out of all their guys. You know, you see the progression of the offensive piece, the understanding conceptually of what you're doing, and then just a commitment to transform his body and improve it continually. I think he's one of the hardest workers we have both in and out of season. And uh, I think it's really showing. Um, I thought I thought he had a phenomenal year last year. And so to see him come out and kind of match suit really with what Rome and J-Mac have done in the off season and built their game up. Um, and, and I think JP is just showing that, you know, he's put in just as much, if not more work than everybody else. And I think that, you know, certainly his game is gaining the attention of, of NFL scouts and things like that. But I think, you know, really for JP, you know, it's more about him continuing to develop as a complete receiver. And, and I think that he'll only get better. I think his best football is ahead of him. Ryan, is there any reason to be concerned long-term about McMillan? Or is that no, nope, nope. We're being really safe. He's doing great. He's getting stronger. He was out there yesterday. We practiced. Um, he was running around, running routes. So feel really good about him making it back. There's no no structural damage, nothing like that. Just being super safe, not trying to re-aggravate it. But he's he's doing really good. How did uh, Garen Hatchett uh, grade out? And I noticed his brother replaced him at one point uh, in the first half. Is it hard to keep track of the hatchets when you're doing the same position with those guys? Nope, long hair, short hair. So they're really easy to find. You know, one's a little bit shorter than the other one. No, they're, they're doing good. Uh, you know, for Garen, it was just great to see a guy that worked for a long time, been in this program, you know, good player, trying to get his tool set completely put together. And, you know, for Garen, he's, he's getting a lot better in pass protection. You know, because in run game, he's a dominant player. He's He can be a factor. Um, just seeing him becoming more of a complete offensive lineman uh, has been really fun to see. You've had to move around pieces on the offensive line. How would you assess so far where they're at right now, and how much has that obviously been huge for Michael having enough time to do what he does? Yeah, you know, hats off to that, to that room and Coach Huff doing a great job of, you know, I think what you want out of those rooms is – the ability to be ready before bad things happen, right? And so if you're if you're sitting there and you're reactive as an offense or an offensive line, you know, room, you're probably gonna have problems when when trouble hits the road a little bit there. So for our guys to be able to step in, I definitely wasn't surprised, um, but I think that they're starting to gel now a little bit better. And you know, we were feeling really good when Julius went in and and replaced Teo, and and uh, you know, then that changes right away. Uh, but just being able to keep the left side intact with, with Nate and Troy, I think, helps a lot. And then Parker was such a presence both at guard and center all camp that I think that that part, you know, when you look at it, you're like, okay, three-fifths of it is is pretty solid. And then you throw Roger in there. It's really just dealing with a right guard situation. So I, I think they're coming along really quickly. Um, I, I think that there's things that, you know, Parker obviously brings to the table that, you know, he has strengths that, that uh, you know, complement our, our room really well. 
We saw a lot more Josh Cuevas based on snap counts in that game last week. What has he done to kind of push himself into that position? Yeah, Josh, you know, is he's really, I, I think I said this back even uh, in fall camp, but, you know, his prowess as a blocker probably goes a little bit unsaid. Um, he, he's really physical, and, you know, I think that's the part that we like. He obviously can catch the ball and get down the field and be a threat that way. But I think Josh really possesses a, a suddenness in the run game, you know, on swipes and things like that where he can get into people. And so he's really a fearless player, and we love that about him, plays really hard. And he's continuing to get a better grasp of the offense. And I think once he really has the control that, you know, Jack and Dev have, um, he can continue to be even more of a factor. Did somebody vote you guys number one in the eight people? Does that resonate with Was that you? Coach DeBoer who was? Oh, the AP. <laughs> okay. coach. That was you. <laughs> is he a writer? Does he that is. resonate with he you is. at all? Does that mean anything? Uh, or is that no. Yeah. Not really. No. I think that, you know, my message to the offensive guys anyways was just, you know, the attention that they're getting right now is is great. I think it's awesome for the university and for the program. and, and But the second you start putting value in that, is when you let off the gas and you start worrying about the good and or bad things that people say. There should be no influence on what's happening within the walls of our program and uh, both good and bad. It's great to be praised and you know have a, a community that loves you. But I think when you start playing and preparing for those things and that's you're looking for the accolades, it'll let you down. Because then you know when you're waiting for somebody to give you a compliment, you know, you might be waiting a while sometimes, you know. So just staying driven within our own walls and staying within our program, I think, is really important. Do you believe in the idea of a trap game? And is this a potential trap game? Um, I, don't, I don't know if I believe in trap games. And I think Arizona is, is far too good a team and have come a long ways to fall into that. Um, they, they should have beat a good SEC team on the road had they not had a couple turnovers. Um, and I think that they've really, you know, Coach has done a nice job down there of getting things flipped around. I think that, you know, you have points in the season. I do, I do believe that where, where people can fall into, you know, worrying about the things that don't matter and, and start getting a little more attention about what people are saying to you and about you. And, and that's where the level of preparation falls off. I don't think it's necessarily typically the opponent. It's always, you know, yourself. And when you start measuring your success by what other people are saying, I think that you can let off and not think about the preparation it's going to take to be on the road and beat a good football team. What are some things that Arizona presents defensively that could cause you guys some issues? Yeah, they, they're aggressive. Um, they run to the football really well. Uh, their safeties play downhill. They got a big defensive end, a field DN that's a, a big kid that, you know, is probably even a little bit longer and bigger than uh, eight for us. So he's a big guy. I think that their interior D tackles are large as well. They're all in the 6'4 range, 320, 330. They're big guys. So got to have the ability to move the interior around, whether that be holding up on the pocket or pushing in the run game. Um, and then they got really, really long corners. Their corners are both 6'4", I think. One might be 6'3". So good length in the back end as well. And some experience in certain spots. As well as Michael's been playing this year, it's hard to critique him. But if there's one thing that Michael needs to get better at, what's maybe one thing that he could really improve on? Yeah, I always I always go back to preparation. And so for me, uh, Mike is doing a great job. I think he's really taken a huge step this year in, in how he prepares. Um, but just the circle back piece of if there was any throws that you did get caught on, 
you know, during a game, why did that happen? Was it a call you weren't anticipating? Was it a coverage scheme that you weren't anticipating? What was it? So just thinking about that, like transitioning from each week to week and thinking about what were the things that limited you from playing a perfect game and then pushing forward in that in his preparation. I think Mike's really, you know, that resonates with him and just how he handles himself on the practice field. I feel like I, I, I believe, you know, and I, I get the you know, opportunity to see him every week, but I think he's growing every week still. I really believe that just in in his demeanor on the field, how he leads, the confidence he has, the attention to detail. Um, I still think he's getting better every week. Ryan, just kind of picking up on that, what you said about when a mistake happens. The conversation after the pick that he threw, kind of going over the top, and I think it's going to Jalen got picked off. Yep. What What did you think he saw, and what was that conversation like? Well, uh, we have we have scramble rules that are in place, and I think he was anticipating somebody breaking back downhill for him that would have been able to get under the leverage of the corner that or whoever that was, the nickel that was breaking back underneath the ball. And, uh, you know, for that, you just ask, you ask him, you know, because you just want to be able to have open dialogue. So what did you see? Why did you throw it? You know it was late in the play. You know, what happened? And, you know, as lo- I always feel like as long as a guy can tell me it matches up with what I saw and then take ownership of the moment, you move on after that. You know, if it's something that – they're defensive or you feel like potentially they're, they're not one to own what happened, then you got to labor the point a little bit more. So Mike's normally really good, you know, with just, yep, that guy was sliding underneath. It was too late. I didn't need to do that. Just either run or throw it out of bounds. And, and you can move on because you want to say, well, who is, getting, who is getting underneath? What did you see? And, and Mike does such a good job. He has such good recall that he knows exactly what he saw. So I think that – to me, that's always been the deal. You don't want to sit there and labor it. You want to make sure it's not going to happen again. Um, and you want to make sure that they're being you know, clear with what they saw. Does he ever see something that you did not see? And is he ever right or you're wrong? Uh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, I gave this example of some of the scouts last, last uh, week, I think it was. I was talking about the Oregon game last year. We were running a high-low mesh concept to the field. Um, he ends up pumping it down to J-Mac in the flat. We're probably like inside the 20 at Oregon. And it looked like the flag or the corner route was popping. And it was really close. And I was like, man, what did you see on that? Why did you check it down? And he said, coach, that, that corner was flinching open to take the flag. And I was like, really? Okay, we'll see. And so, you know, I've learned to trust Mike and just what he sees because he has good vision. And, you know, sure as heck, you go back and watch the tape and you see the corner just for – a split second flinch to the flag and immediately Mike cuts his feet down and throws the ball to the flat. And so just things like that, that, you know, uh, you just have to have that honest conversation with each other too, where Mike can trust me and I can tell him, no, that's not what it was. It was actually this. And then he can process that and move on and, and vice versa too, because there's some things you see, but in a split second, because you're watching a lot of things and he's zeroed in on, one guy or a movement indicator and and uh yeah he's just got really good vision that's that's the thing i tell all the nfl scouts about him he's got the the best vision that ever anybody i've ever been around ryan um this would have been a big week for mateo melee mm-hmm. when you go on a trip you got to take guys that are ready to play available that is is he if he wanted to be a part of it does he have to do that on his own and meet you guys down there okay. uh you know that's a great question uh i hope not you know, because we'd love to bring him with. And, you know, right now it's just it's tough seeing a guy that's given so much to this program be in that position. And, you know, he finally 
gets his opportunity to be the guy and, and he's doing a great job. And so, yeah, I would hope that, that he's part of the trip with us. Running games really seems to be getting better every week. Is that because you're just getting better or are you opening up the playbook a little bit more? Oh, I think there's opportunity, you know, where some of those have, have presented themselves later in games where sometimes even where you need to work to run and, and the game's established. And um, so you do get an opportunity in game situations to get better at running the ball. And uh, so I think there's both. And I think we have to continue to, you know, regain focus on that, put a little bit more emphasis on it. So we're, we're improving, though. And some of that has to do, honestly, with, you know, not just the O-line, but the backs, you know, running better tracks, you know, being more instinctual with their reads and things like that and hitting open seams and not being greedy, you know, and just staying on course. And, you know, 20 is starting to come on. Tybo is starting to do a lot better. And uh, I think Dylan Johnson is going to keep getting stronger every week. What do you need to coach against when you specifically go down there to Arizona? Is it the weight all day long? Is it the weather? Is it weird hmm. stuff seems to happen in that state? I've heard that. Yeah. Um, I think the first thing is, is having the guys clean on their mechanics for a night game. I've always believed that, that you have to help guys through their own process and just have them have a plan. You know, it doesn't have to be uniform or everybody doing the same thing, but just talk about, you know, the amount of time that they're going to have and how will they spend it. You know, most of the time I know Mike, we have a meeting, we go over reminders, we have walkthrough, um, and then he'll take a nap and then wake up and we might do a little blitz pickup or something like that. But guys have mechanics, you know, that they need to go through. Some guys just got to watch football all day. Some guys want to look at their plays the whole time and, wait for the game to start. But I think it has to be something within their parameters or what they like and makes them feel comfortable. So I always tell them, don't do what you think your coaches want you to do. Do what makes you ready to play because everybody has their own process. So I think that's the number one. You got to knock that out. And then after that, you know, if there's anything that you got to deal with as far as, you know, weather-wise, whether it be rain or being down there that's hot, you know, remind you guys to hydrate and just be ready for whatever the environment will be. and. Um, and then move from there, you know, and I think as far as, you know, carry over from other times or events or games, I just, I just have never believed in those things. I just think it is what it is. The game is unique to that day. And that's what we got to continue to hammer to the guys. And, you know, last time on the road, I thought they did a great job. I thought our growth as a football program showed when we went to Michigan state, you know, um, I know offensively, I just talked to the guys. I'm like, the, the first thing you got to know is you're not in your own bed, you know, and the catering might not be perfect. Mm -hmm. And you might have to tape on a, a table and not on a, a cushy chair, whatever it is, like just anticipate that. You need to picture that going into the game and know that it's not all going to be perfect. That's part of being on the road. And once you anticipate that and you overcome thinking like everything has to be just perfect, there'll be plenty of food and water and they're going to have cleats and we're going to have footballs and we're going to have a call sheet and, it's all going to be good. You know, you worry about the other stuff, and that's when guys get anxious and they start to worry about the wrong stuff. Just stay focused on the game. And our guys did a, a really, really good job of that at Michigan State. All right. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Brad. 
Spring training is in full swing and fantasy baseball draft season is upon us. That means you need to join us on Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every Monday through Saturday for six pods per week throughout the month of March. We'll break down the latest news, spring training updates, players to target, and much more in just five minutes. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. Citizen sleuths are focusing on the brutal slayings of four college kids. A new Paramount Plus original docuseries. This is the start of something major. Follows online detectives as they unravel the mystery of the infamous Idaho College murders. There's plenty of places to hide a weapon. And turned it into a social media phenomenon. Where are the roommates? It is a huge night. I want the truth from you. Hashtag cyber sleuths. The Idaho murders now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. All right, good afternoon. You got uh, a few questions, but uh, some things uh, from, the, from the coaches. Uh, just good to get back to work yesterday um, after a, a really good performance. I was proud of our guys. Uh, you know, film, always some things we can work on. Um, but, you know, 24 hours passed yesterday, and uh, we're moving on to Arizona. So, uh, guys, uh, we'll be challenged uh, with, uh, you know, uh, going on the road again. And I think we built up some great confidence uh, about how to approach the week and, uh, you know, what it takes to win uh, whenever you go on the road. And we start school this week, so a lot of new things uh, and different things that uh, the guys will be experiencing along those lines as well. So questions? Have you guys gotten a conclusion on, on Zach Durfee in that situation? A little bit more, yeah. We, uh, we were denied initially. Uh, we have put in an appeal. So we're waiting back for that. Yep, that's the update. That happened last. That happened last week. Did they give you a reason? Uh, it's just that you know uh, everything's been kind of the, the the what they call two time transfers, right? Has been cracked down quite a bit. Um, you know, every case is, is different, right? And you know, the hard part one for me to really uh, you know see through is that he's only played football at one of those other schools. You know, and and he was at the other one uh, for one semester as just a student during COVID. So, to, they're all they're all different scenarios, um, and certainly, you know, we're working hard and trying to get the information that's needed, uh, whether it's filing the initial waiver or the appeal now as well. Are they um, would they hold that year against him? Uh, you would lose a year. Yeah, you'd lose a year. Yeah. So he'd be a senior next. Year? No, he'd be he'd have a couple years left yet. Yeah. How's he dealing with all that? Yeah, I mean, Zach's a very positive guy. And, uh, you know, we're, we're uh, keeping him very involved. And uh, he's taking a ton of reps, uh, just not, not a ton, but he's taking some reps uh, to, to work in and just stay sharp. Uh, he, he brings a great mindset. And he knows that there's a, a lot of football for him down the road. It's just a matter of whether it's sooner or later. But uh, he's a super positive guy. Um, even just yesterday, uh, just off the cuff, just – sending me text messages, and, and uh, he just loves being here. He loves being a Husky and uh, feels great about uh, how being a Husky, uh, you know, um, just even in these few months that he's been here this year, uh, has really led to his growth uh, as a person and as a football player. Frustration's got to be part of it because he could help you. 
He right. definitely could help us. Yeah, he could definitely help us. For, for fans that don't know a lot about him, what, what, yeah. what does he bring to the table? Yeah, and, and uh, it's not uh, that uh, we don't feel good about who we have, right? We got some great players, uh, but just um, there's a lot of things uh, with his body type, not just playing the edge position, but he could be very involved in a lot of special teams um, because he's a big guy that can run. And, uh, you know, he's uh, very smart, very intelligent, and so – um, you know, he's, uh, he's a guy that will definitely play some snaps here uh, in the years ahead, you know, uh, for us uh, that are very meaningful. When you went back and watched the tape, that 35 yard to Rome at the end of the first half and the one with Jalen Olcott off the Cal defender's helmet, which one stood out more to you? Yeah, I mean, they're in different ways, right? The focus for both of them was elite. Um, just the way uh, JP just snagged it and and uh, just working through hands in the way and things like that. I mean, that's that's uh, high-level stuff. Um, and then Rome, uh, the center field turn or whatever you want to call it to to trace the ball over the opposite shoulder. Um, those are things that you you have to feel good uh, is through you know reps and have done that in practice. And you know uh, they're they're obviously very instinctual, uh, but they. They both, you know, it's fun seeing those guys make those plays. Uh, on the sidelines, our guys just go crazy. doesn't matter if you're an offensive player or defensive player. Guys go crazy when they see those type of, uh, you know, plays being made. Obviously, I mean, you were familiar with Jalen because he was a Fresno guy and you were at Fresno. Did you know much about Rome before you took this job? Uh, no, not really. Uh, not until I was here. But, uh, man, <laughs> you know, he's – it was very easy to see what type of uh, just not just player but a person he was. You know, um, getting to know him and how just thoughtful. Uh, you know, he, he just he was not just about what he wanted out of his career, but who, you know, the, the teammates and and so forth. Um, he cared a lot about this team. I could tell that uh, in those early weeks in December, back in 2021 when I first took the job. And uh, man, he's just you know he's a captain on this football team for a reason. Uh, and it's because he cares not just about what, uh, you know, of course, what he can do individually, but uh, he really helps other guys, you know, the receiving core. Um, he's constantly mentoring them, um, you know, the team aspect. Uh, you know, I think he's really raised his game um, or raised uh, who he is as far as a leader and being vocal, too. You know, now I saw, you know, even before the game again this last week, you know, he's kind of leading the charge and he and JP are two of those guys that uh, feel great about being in that spot. And, you know, obviously, uh, you know, the receiving corp position, uh, those guys are along with Jalen are some headliners there for sure. Would you consider leaving Rome on punts? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, with Jalen and uh, between J-Mac and Rome, um, you know, both those guys, I mean, we need a playmaker. I mean, that, think about what that did to the game and the flow of the game and the energy it brought to the stadium. I mean, those are big points that you're scoring early to just separate yourself. And um, the more touches those guys can get, uh, and there's some space that we can create, we can create and, uh, you know, th those, are, those are big plays, um, you know. The, the turnovers that we had, uh, the special teams plays, the explosives, um, those are the big chunk yardage plays. So, you know, an opportunity for him to get a touch is great. And then Jalen's availability for Saturday. Yeah, he's working really hard through it. Um, you know, did some things yesterday uh, and uh, feel very optimistic. And, you know, can, he's working as hard as he can to get ready for this weekend. Coach, you and coaches, players, you've all talked about having that championship mentality. Um, you've won championships. Um, how does this 
team compared to the other teams that you had on that championship run? And is the process different here than it was back there? Or are you pretty much on the same roadmap? Yeah, I think a lot of it's always the same. I mean, uh, the mindset, right? The mindset has to be there. The work has to, you know, has to support the goals. Um, you know, it's got to be, to me, if you want to win a championship, those are special teams. Um, I don't care if it's conference championship, national championship. Um, when you're the best uh, at, at, your, at your level, um, you know, there's something that's coming together in a unique and special way. And uh, these guys are right on track. Uh, because, And it's not just something um, that is developing over the course of a, a month or two or a preseason or, or even spring ball. Um, to me, you know, there's lessons that you learn that you take and experiences that you go through. And these guys have gone through that. And um, they're aware that, you know, we fell short a year ago when we went on the road after being 4-0, you know, and championship teams with the right mindset, you know, are going to prepare extra special hard to make sure that doesn't happen, you know, the second time around. Yeah, it was, it was earlier before I came up here. So you do run your own Twitter account? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Is, yeah. is the roadmap the same? Or thing, is it different at this level? Good. Working efficiently here, Safdie. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just, is the roadmap on the way to a championship the same at this level, or is it different? Yeah, you know, um, to this point, right? Because um, we don't get any further ahead than this next week. We really don't. And, uh, you know, the focus has to be on continuing to improve. And I know I say this like it's a broken record, but, you know, what we are now I think is different than what we were against Boise State. And what we are, need to be, you know, this weekend and the coming weeks ahead, it needs to continue to evolve. I'm not saying it's different, like we're a whole different and a different identity and things like that, but we continue to grow. You know, and the level of uh, of uh, just you know the standard that's out there. Um, we know what we want to be, but what we're becoming in the energy. Uh, I, I can just tell you in the locker room the last two weeks, um, first half and second half, it's been different than ever before. You know, just there's energy, but there's like this focus and determination to come out of the locker room hard charging and uh, you know, separate ourselves. I think there is a killer instinct that this team is developing. We see that in the second quarter, you know, just continue to separate ourselves. So I think a lot of those things are, are growing and then it just needs to keep expanding to the third quarter, you know, the fourth quarter. I mean, just finding different ways to win. We haven't had a close game yet. And so uh, even though we did last year and we won those um, for the most part, you know, I think that, uh, and we have confidence when we get to that position, um, we will continue to take on, you know, a few things here and there just through our experiences and through the course of the season that uh, help, help, you know, us become who we are. You guys have hit on a lot of transfers this offseason. When you look at what Jabbar is doing for you right now and Dylan Johnson, Cuevas, Jeremy, go forth. How do you feel like the guys that you've brought in have helped kind of fill the holes in this team? I feel phenomenal about them because they are not just really good players that are helping us. They're they're just really great people. And I saw that this spring. Um, you hope that that's going to be the case when you recruit and bring them in. Um, but, you know, through the spring and then really after the spring, you know, sitting back with them and uh, having one-on-one -on -one meetings with each of those guys and hearing what they say about how their experience has been as a transfer coming in and how the rest of the team has opened their arms 
uh, to these guys individually. And, um, you know, I just think that's the type of culture and team that we have right now is uh, if you come in and you work really hard and you want to sacrifice and, and commit to this group, um, they'll, do, they'll, they'll open up their arms to you and, uh, you know, be happy that you're a part of it. And uh, anyone that can make us better um, and like these guys are doing, uh, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're, we're excited, you know. So I, I appreciate these guys coming in and glad they're here. It's only one person's opinion, but what does it do to the atmosphere recruiting-wise when you get a number one vote in the people for the first time since 97? Yeah, I think I think collectively too, just where we're at, and you know, it's help, it helps uh, you know um, with with the recruiting, you know, as far as what you're uh, where you're at. I don't know if it's just one person's vote that makes that big of a difference, but just where we've been now, not just for one week, two weeks, but you know, we've sustained this, uh, you know, in the top 25, and and uh, I think there is an expectation that our team has to play like a top 10 team and beyond that. Uh, we are. Um, we know um, that again. We're going to get everyone's best shot. Um, we know that our schedule is super competitive, and uh, we can't bring anything but our A game. With Dylan Johnson, it seems like you're still just kind of scratching the surface with him. How much more do you think there is to his game that he hasn't quite gotten to show yet? Yeah, I think it's just probably continuing to add more reps in a game to what we're giving him, um, because I think. You know, you see him in the past game being pretty consistent, whether it's catching the ball or in protection. I think he's great in protection. Um, he's, he's thick. He's got heavy hands when he hits you, uh, when you're a blitzer, or if he has to even had to block a lineman in, some, in a case. Um, I mean, he is a, he's a physical kid. And, um, you know, now running the football, you see that show up where the pile's moving forward, and uh, he's, he's going to run through arm tackles for sure. He runs through, uh, runs through those low ankle grabs that, that, that might get you once in a while. But uh, he's catching the ball out of the backfield, very confident. You can see him not having to think as much. And so it's just a matter of continuing to get more reps and, and grow by playing more snaps uh, on the football field for us. I was standing in the end zone at the end of the game, and Himes went walking by me in street clothes. Does he have a chance to play again this year? This year? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I hope, hopefully even this week. Okay. Maurice, right? Maurice Himes? Yeah. yeah. I mean, and if he, if he you know, we'll, we'll go through the week and see how he's doing. Yeah, it's, I don't anticipate anything serious. Yeah, I, could, I couldn't tell how he was all yeah. kind of. Yeah, no, he just was out for, the rest, out for the rest of the game. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what about Julius? Is he on his way back? Yes, he's doing doing well, coming back strong. Um, you know, every day I think for these guys, uh, they're just committed to such a. I mean, so strong to spending hours upon hours in the training room, and uh, all that pays off. So they're they're all coming back rather quickly. So, you know, we'll see where he's at uh, here later in the week. Um, probably probably be very limited early, um, but you know, his availability uh, possibly by the end of the week could be there. Caitlin, you mentioned seeing the video of Rome getting people fired up at the pregame. How much do you find out about your players after the game on social media, just kind of browsing through Twitter, Instagram, and seeing something that you didn't see either pregame or during the game? I actually did see that pregame because I was looking at the video board because uh, I, I just always like to make sure our guys get off the field safe and all that good stuff, and so I was paying attention and I saw him, you know, being Rome, you know, with a lot of energy and passion, and I love it. Coach Gene Smith at Ohio State said it's become common for recruits to request $5,000 to make a visit. Have you run across that? No, no, not at all. No, 
If they did, your reaction would be? On an official or unofficial? Unofficial. Or are you talking about for unofficial? Yeah, no, we don't, we don't have to worry about that. That's, we, people know how we operate, and we're going we're gonna to do things above board. Kalen, it seems like Braylon, he hasn't gotten that sack, but you know, people are throwing a lot at him. It seemed like there was a pretty blade in the hole last week that you probably don't want to comment on, but how have you seen him from an attitude standpoint? Yeah. Continue to push forward when, when things have kind of been stacked up against him a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we, know, we know the impact he's making. And uh, he knows the impact he's making. And so, yeah, he wants that one, too. Uh, he wants to – I think once he gets that first one, uh, they'll come in, come in heaps. But um, uh, he's just out there every single day, and uh, whether it's practice or games. And um, he's, he's causing problems. Um, he's so physical. And, um, you know, he's right there again. Quarterback percentage, I think, uh, even now through four weeks, is probably just right over 50%, I think. And uh, there's a reason for that. Yes, our DBs are playing much better. Uh, linebackers are doing a good job in coverage as well. Um, but uh, we're getting some pressure on the quarterback. There's a lot of throwaways. Um, there's a lot of balls that are just, you know, don't have much of a chance of being uh, completed. Kale, I asked Ryan Grubb about this. You probably heard the answer about just going down to Tucson. Night game, what you have to kind of guard against. You talked about mechanics, things like that. What's kind of your perspective on what's important for this weekend? Yeah, it's always going to come down to preparation and uh, our mindset going into it. I think we've gotten to that point where we believe that. And, um, you know, we need great energy tomorrow morning when we step on the football field. Um, we're going to practice a little bit earlier because school starts now. So, you know, we need great energy come Wednesday morning. You know, that'll be, that's always to me, Wednesdays is always a big day um, because it's that right in the middle of the week, right? It's hump day called hump day for a reason. We got to get over the hump. But our guys need to attack the week. And on Wednesday, um, you know, we got we to attack it. And that's what our guys, I mean, the last two Wednesdays uh, have been phenomenal. Uh, you see that production happening on another level on Saturdays. And, uh, you know, as far as the trip's concerned, um, you know, it obviously it would be warmer, uh, you know, but it will be a night game. The sun will be down by the time we're playing. So um, it can cool off very quickly. And uh, we just, you know, our guys physically are ready for these opportunities in these moments. And uh, we're in a good spot right now mentally and uh, phys physically continue to get stronger. Grubb was talking about a, a conversation he was having with an NFL scout about Michael. And obviously, you guys have had scouts out here you know, from the start of training camp. you got a lot of NFL prospects. Is there anybody who, who you tell scouts about or who scouts ask about that maybe isn't super on the radar right now, maybe isn't a name that, that gets as much attention as some others? Um, that, that I tell them that uh, I think I – think because um, there are so many guys, uh, you know, we've had a lot of attention now here, um, spring, summer, fall, um, because of our, our topics. I think by this point now, um, you know, uh, JP is a guy, you know, I think that it probably, I guess, if there's one uh, that to answer a question maybe is risen more just because of the production now that's been consistent going back to the, the last season, you know, year, year two. Um, and, um, but it's not like I need to tell them that they see that on the film, you know, they see the statistics and, you know, I think there's really not a lot of surprises right now, but, uh, man, it's, it's fun talking about our guys for sure. And those meetings with the scouts are uh, taking longer and longer just because there's more guys. And, uh, we love that. You know, that's what, uh, these guys are working so hard for here in our program. What do they want to know about mostly? I mean, obviously they can can watch film, watch the games, mm -hmm. sort of things. Well, what do they want to know from the coaching staff? I think habits, 
you know, just, uh, uh, you know, Coach Mack will go through strength stuff and those type of things, but uh, they just want to know about, you know, the, these these guys and their habits, uh, you know, the away from the field and their um, just uh, the presence they have with their teammates. Uh, what What is it, you know, that uh, they bring that as extra special? Um, this is a huge investment for the next level. Um, they want to make sure to invest in the right people, not just also the right players. Um, it's just an extension of what we do in the recruiting process, making sure we got that all-around, uh, well-rounded person as well, not just a football player. With, with school starting on Wednesday, are there any walk-ons that have been put on scholarship yet have, that you've made a decision on? No, nothing nothing right now. Okay. It looked like at the end of the game, Braden Bruner got a chance to play next to, to Carson. Is that something – you've got three pairs of brothers on this team. Can you just talk a little bit about – just that, that angle. Yeah, they're, those are all special moments for guys. I know when the hatchets were out there too, uh, you know, and you just try to create those opportunities, those times that uh, will live on forever, you know, and uh, it, it, these guys just, you can see the brotherly love that happens uh, between these guys and our program, and uh, it's super special for them. And obviously as a parent, I can, can't imagine you know what that means to see uh, their sons out there first of all on the same football team but on the field together a lot of times playing next to each other it's really cool are you involved at all in the theatrics with the lights and all that or do you do you have any input like do they even ask you what do you think of this what do you think of that like other coaches are involved yeah some coaches just completely recuse themselves from it all together how about you I mean, as long as we're cutting it loose and having fun and the fans are enjoying their experience uh, until something really backfires and blows up in our face, uh, let, let's go, you know. And so, um, I'm, yeah, make sure the, make sure the lights don't uh, flicker until we uh, can have all the video replay of a touchdown, uh, you know, and the evidence is all there, things like that, or maybe just a few reminders. But, uh, you know, have some fun. That's what uh, the fan experience is all about. Uh, we got to do our job, but anything that else that can be created to to make the atmosphere even better, uh, I'm all for it. What did you think of the atmosphere Saturday night? Yeah, I thought it was great. I think it's continuing to build. Um, you know, just uh, you could feel it, uh, and I know there's still another level that it will get to and needs to get to. Um, and I hope the fans just, ex you know, um, appreciate what uh, what their what their chance and opportunity is when they come to a, come to a game. You know, it's to see guys like Michael and see our, our guys working hard. I mean, defense and special teams now involved in, in making it in, uh, you know, uh, our, of course, team win football games. But, uh, you know, we love uh, the energy that the fans bring, um, you know, making it hard for the opponent and being a home field advantage. Uh, we got some big ones, uh, you know, that we aren't, aren't to yet, but uh, they're right around the corner and, uh, you know, the home field advantage has been a big deal for us here last year and this year. So, anything else, for Coach? Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Coach. Yep. Grab your VIP pass. We're delving into the secretive world of Formula One. Formula One. Behind the scenes with two of the sport's biggest names, Mercedes and Williams. This is not coal mining, this is Formula One motor racing. As they build their new cars. We want to be so much further ahead. We are in permanent racing mode. And face shocking headlines. Here's Lewis Hamilton moving away from Mercedes. I'm Joseph Fiennes and this is F1, back at base. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.